We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome into the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i'm steve perez joined as always by dusty evely but no sarah kelleher we are not all back together she is at a work event tonight and sadly could not make it so dusty and i are going to be holding down the fort how you doing, my friend? Doing good, man. Uh, you know, training camp in full swing. Those uh, a lot of people up there reporting on it. So I'm, you know, sitting down here in Kentucky and just uh, just watching all those uh, all the reports come through. Sounds like a really fun day. Uh, yeah, man. We're we got football this weekend. We got a preseason game this weekend. I'm couldn't possibly be doing better. How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. You know, sometimes people at work are um, interesting interesting individuals that you always work with so i had some uh, had a couple rough days but very excited to you know do some packer therapy and uh <laughs> you know you and i normally like let, let the vent get to vent and uh get a little frustration out so you know i'm sure that i'm sure that won't happen at all today oh no i'm, I'm sure, sure it'll be very no. civil i'm excited about it <laughs> well let's i mean let's dive right in i mean we've got like you said we've got some stuff going on the packers actually uh put out their first unofficial depth chart so i don't know i don't understand why you'd put out an unofficial depth chart and how so they say don't have reactions to it but it's a podcast we have to react to it so uh <laughs> tell me dusty what's uh, one or two things that jumped out to you right away from the unofficial depth chart yeah i mean one of the big ones is, is the running back room i mean you know i you know some of this we talked about this i mean the the it's obviously not accounting for injuries. Like it, I assume Bakhtiari is not starting the season. Maybe I'm wrong, but he's listed as uh, starting left tackle. So maybe that's optimistic, and that's or maybe it's just you got to put the guys in that you have. You're not putting guys on injury list, so you put them where they would be. You know, if everyone was healthy, I assume. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones didn't practice today, but it's not a serious thing. So he's RB one. Like I get that. It looks like from here, Kylan Hill is RB five, um, which which uh, means he would be totally out. Uh, which, you know, given all the reports you're hearing, you know, obviously he was a late round draft pick, not like a seventh round draft pick. You're not going to be like, well, this guy's absolutely making a team, but it sounds like he's done a lot of really good things. And Dexter Williams seems like he's had a nice camp, but uh, you know, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon are the one, two. We know that Patrick Taylor had been injured. Um, you know, I had high hopes for him, but he's been injured. And so I, I feel like he's probably not quite as far up and Dexter Williams, you know, he's been, this is, I think his third year, maybe he's starting to get it or maybe he's not. But I, I, I know for me, that was one of the big ones is Kylan Hill is really Kylan Hill is five. That, that doesn't seem like that makes any sense based on the reports. So, but he is also listed as the number one kick returner. So again, unofficial depth chart <laughs> unofficial depth chart yeah and i mean that's the thing like they say don't react to it and we're doing it because you know content steve got, yeah, got it's, a, it's real football to talk about real football to talk about um yeah i mean one and one of the other ones just on in the wide receiver room um you know malik taylor is is up there as i don't know you know wide receiver four or six depending on how you look at this i think probably six which wouldn't shock me really um just based on 
uh, his special teams ability. And, you know, there's been a lot talked about the wide receiver room between Adams and MVS and Lazard and Cobb and Amari Rogers. That's five guys. And they're not really going to play special teams much at all. Um, most of them are not going to play a single snap of special teams. So you need someone in that room that's going to. And if Funchess is the six, he's probably not going to play special teams. So uh, having Taylor in there, that doesn't shock me. But also everything you've heard about, you know, Funchess in camp. Uh, he's he's been doing very very good things. So it's a possibility they carry seven wide receivers anyway with the Sternberger, uh, you know, two game suspension there. You get a little leeway there, and you kind of see what's going on. But I think uh, you know again, don't react, and we're reacting. Uh, but I think <laughs> I think Taylor there uh, as it's, it's kind of slotted above Funches that opened my eyes a little bit. And I, I know that this will be shocking to you that I want to talk about the inside linebacking <laughs> groups. Shocking to everyone, shocking. but. I mean, I think this was the big the big surprise out of this for me was that Kamal Martin is listed as like the fifth inside linebacker. Yeah, he's right there behind Oren Burks, which makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, that was a little confused by that one, so I, I thought that was a little shocking. But again, unofficially unofficial. So there there was that, and I think the only other thing, you know, not having Rashawn Gary as the starter. I know it's rotational and I know it's all of that, but I mean, everything you've seen is like, he has been a bad, bad dude and mm-hmm. he needs to be on the field all the time. And having Preston Smith in front of him just gives you bad feelings. So those were my takeaways. Obviously there's a lot of room. There's no official death charts yet. So, but again, it came out. We needed to talk about it for a minute. So on that note, let's jump into some some training camp notes. Uh, there were a couple of things that kind of were going down that you wanted to get into. I know I haven't been – obviously, I'm in Milwaukee working, so I'm not following up in Green Bay. I'm not there watching. So these were some of the things you wanted to get uh, get some notes on. So uh, hit me with some Deguara stuff, Dusty. I know you uh, love talking about him. So <laughs> first and foremost, he was running with the ones, right? He's running with the ones. Yeah, he'd been um... – uh, he'd been kind of off to the side, working, still kind of rehabbing from the injury from last year. Like, he hadn't really gotten a whole lot of run so far in practice and training camp, any of that stuff. And he's running with the ones today, which, uh, I mean, the fact that he's out there at all is, is is you know, awesome. Uh, it kind of assumed, based on when the injury happened, I think, you know, week four, something like that, that he was going to just kind of how how accelerated the recovery is on these from how it used to be that he would have been ready for week one. Um, but you know, until you see him practicing until he's actually out there, it's still kind of a boy. I hope he's ready. Cause every, every, you know, thing, every timetable is slightly different. So uh, yeah, DeGuar was out there working with the ones actually practicing out on the field. I didn't hear a ton about him. You know, I think made a couple of nice catches, but the fact that he's out there practicing uh, that that's really, really nice. Uh, I don't know if he's going to see any time in the preseason game this weekend, uh, but but it is nice that, that he's going to be out there. I've got, you know, I've got I've got big, big plans for uh, DeGuaro, Steve. <laughs> I'm assuming there's a jersey coming in uh, the near future. <laughs> Not just yet, but I am, I am eyeing one. I'm eyeing one. Uh, I know you hit on some Kylan Hill stuff earlier with the depth charts. Do you have any more, like, news and notes on things that you saw him or read about him doing? No, it's just every day, man. It's just every day It's his name's out there. And he was out there a little more today. And I think running with the ones a little bit just because of the Aaron Jones, slight injury that Aaron Jones had. But he's just, it just sounds like he's out there making plays. I mean, this was, you know, when he got drafted, you're kind of projecting forward and you're saying, well, you know, two years ago he had a really good season. And then Leach came into the air raid and, you know, he got injured and he had good receptions, but his numbers were down. I think he played four games or something. Uh, and so it was kind of this project this guy going forward. How could he possibly look? And, you know, you, you hate to get too excited. It's it's training camp. It's just training camp. <laughs> but, man, I mean, it seems like every single practice, it's Kylan Hill did this. Kylan Hill did that. Really nice vision. Really nice burst from Kylan Hill. So it's kind of one of those, again, you hate to be too excited. But for a guy that, you know, we just talked about the depth chart. But for a guy in my mind that's likely running back three in his rookie year coming out and showing that stuff this early uh, is – it's pretty exciting, especially when, you know, again, I think he had more uh, more pass attempts to him than rushes uh, in Leach's system you know, the prior year, which wouldn't shock me because it's, you know, air raid. Mike Leach, he just hates to run, man. So uh, kind of a how's he going to how's he going to do now he's running the ball again. It sounds like he's doing really well. So, yeah, just I don't know that anything special today necessarily, but uh, every day, every day is Kylan Hill Day. I like it. Uh, I remember the day that TJ Slayton was drafted. I remember been, being super excited about it because and talking, I was like, dude, this guy is like a mountain. If he can learn some things from Kenny Clark, he could yeah. do some special stuff. 
and he's been doing some stuff. So tell me, tell me what they've been seeing up there from uh, defensive tackle TJ Slayton. Yeah, so so Clark was out because Clark's got an injury. I, I can't remember if it's his groin or if it's just assumed his groin. I can't remember if that came out or not. But so Slayton was out there with the ones as well. And the thing on Slayton, I mean, you mentioned it, but like out of college, and I, I watch a lot of Florida, so I'd seen him like big body dude, like not a whole lot of pass rush, but like just a big body and can shove the pocket, but like remarkably inconsistent, which is why he went, what, fifth round, sixth round? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I believe it was fifth. Okay. Fifth, yeah. I mean, all the talk, it's it's another guy. Every single day, it seems like he's making plays. He's tipping passes. He's pushing the pocket back. He's doing this. He he's a, doing that. He had a pick six, didn't he? Yeah, pick six. Uh, <laughs> a couple of days ago, yeah, he had a pick six. Uh, I think he had a tip pass today. Uh, and I can't remember if that was against Rodgers or not. I know Rodgers doesn't typically have tip passes. But, again, it was one of those, trying to get too excited about him because you always knew with this guy, it's, again, training camp, and you always knew with him, he's going to show flashes. You hope he's going to show flashes early. But the knock on him has been well, partially his weight. He's had a hard time keeping his weight in check. But also just some inconsistency. But, man, it's hard to look at that, especially with – I mean, we've talked about this. Everyone's talked about this all offseason. With the depth on that defensive line, even the top-end talent at that defensive line is a huge question mark. You know, it's Kenny Clark and then, you know, Lancaster's a dude. And Lowry, you hope, maybe does something. And I've heard good things about him. And Kiki, maybe he does something. Like, it's, it's this whole line of it's Kenny Clark and then some dudes next to him. So, again, I'm trying not to get too excited, but <laughs> based on what we're hearing out of Slayton, like if he can give them anything in year one, and it sounds like he's, you know, he could come in situational packages, something like that, he's he's showing flashes in camp, and that's been, I mean, he's been doing it all through training camp so far. So every time you hear his name, uh, it's like, okay, what do you do today? What do you do today? And it's always it's always something fun. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting way too excited about TJ Slayton, man. Yeah, we need to, it's still training camp. It's still unofficial depth charts, so we need to probably calm ourselves. Because I, yeah, I mean, hearing him too, like he was saying, I think he was saying taught the the biggest difference between college and the NFL is the speed. And he was talking about how fast Aaron Rodgers gets the ball out, and he's like, I have to like turn my head and try to figure out where he threw it because it <laughs> happened so fast. So I, I thought the the honesty was pretty cool. And they were talking too about how they've got like a a basketball hoop in the, the oh, defensive so line room and how he was like dunking and people were like shocked that he could dunk. And so seems like a really, really cool guy and hopefully fits in well with the defense. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So we're talking about the defensive line. Now we, we've seen a lot talked about the, the safety group. Uh, there's a lot, there's some undrafted free agents. There's um, you know, a couple of veterans, uh, an ascending third year guy in Darnell Savage. So mm-hmm. tell me you've read about the safety play. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Savage, we know about Savage and Amos, and we even talked about this just a couple weeks ago. It was like, uh, I think, uh, you know, talk about Vernon Scott. I think Henry Black or something was was getting out there, and Vernon Scott was a little dinged up. I can't remember exactly how that was. And I was hoping, that, well, uh, you know, hopefully Vernon Scott can do something because that third safety, especially in the Joe Barry system, you assume you're going to see, you know, a lot of times with, you know, Savage maybe rotating down onto the slot, you're likely going to see some, some three safety combos back there on the back end just the way they like to play. So how are they going to do that who's who's number three we know the two guys who's number three so that spots up in the air and so you know again not saying this guy is the guy but it just sounds like especially today Ennis Gaines um the safety out of TCU has been doing a ton of good stuff I think he had two straight uh pass breakups uh today or yesterday I guess in training camp and it just seems like he's smart he's fast kind of a rangy guy uh instinctive and his, his the knock at tcu his thing was especially his last couple of years he had a trouble staying injured or just staying healthy uh so if he's stay if he's healthy and he's able to stay healthy it sounds like you know again he's probably not going to be safety three out the gate but seeing that out of a guy who i think um is just in a second year if i'm not mistaken i'm drafted free agent like you we just I just want a third safety. I want a third safety who's not like, oh man, I just I hope this guy can do something like having a guy and if it's if it's in his gains or if it's Vernon Scott or if it's Henry Black, I don't I don't really care. But so hearing something good out of in his gains, I mean it, that's Ines Gaines was doing a ton of good stuff today, and so that, that's kind of one of those. Okay, well, maybe that's maybe that's the guy. So I'm I'm hanging on hanging on a hope that that Ines Gaines is is the dude uh, that can kind of emerge as safety through there. Very cool. I mean. Yeah, as long as it's not some of the guys that we used to run through, like you know MD Jennings or uh, guys along those lines, I think you know that's all that's all an improvement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I just I got a shudder. I think when MD Jennings came out there, thanks, Steve. Yeah, that's that's what I do. <laughs> uh, so we got to talk because I, I love Packers Twitter. It's a dysfunctional human like you know just crazy amounts of dysfunctional people and one of the things that i love about packer twitter and i feel like it says a lot about uh you know 
a bunch of teams uh, fans, but anytime there is any article written about any player for that team, Packers fans take it personal. It is a personal attack on Packers fans that per PFF, Jordan Love didn't know what a hard count was when he was drafted in 2020 per Adam Schefter on NFL Live. So obviously Packers fans took this really well. Adam (laughs) Schefter is their favorite person, favorite reporter. Uh, And Jordan Love is in that tweet and PFF is in that tweet. So, I mean, obviously Packers fans took that super well, quote tweeted the hell out of it and just went, went crazy. But uh, can you can you calm some of these people down? Give a, t- tell people to take a deep breath and go a little into how things are a little different nowadays than what they used to be. I can't, Steve. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Schefter's an idiot. Feed into the hysteria. No, so there's so there's two potential things going on here. So Andy Herman and I think Wendell Ferrara tweeted a couple things as well that was showing you know plays from 2018, 2019 Utah State clips of the defense jumping off sides with, with Jordan Love. Now, there was no audio in there, so you know you don't exactly know what he's doing. There didn't seem to be a whole lot of movement, but there's something was happening to make those guys jump off sides. So it's one of two things going on. Number one, you know, everyone clowned Favre when he said, when someone asked him about nickel defense, he was like, what's nickel defense? I don't know what that means. And he's like, what do you mean? You don't know. I think oh, I think, I think the story was, I think he had made Ty Detmer like explain it to him on the bench. He was like, "I can you tell me they keep talking about nickel? What's nickel? Uh, he didn't know what it was called, but he knew what it looked like. You know how to beat it, so like it's it, so it could be a terminology thing. I don't know what a hard count is. Okay, well maybe he knows what a cadence is. Maybe they call it something else within that offense. So that's one. The other one, and it's really interesting that this came up today. I can't remember when this podcast came out, but I was listening to it today, and it's it was the Athletic Football Show with Robert Mays. So he's been doing it. I love this show. If anyone has been listening to this, I mean. I assume people have. It's very popular. Uh, but he's, his off-season series, one of the things he's been doing, he's been going around different training camps and he's interviewing coaches um, at different stops. So it's really it's a really cool kind of like insight into some of the inner workings of these teams. Maybe view view the world of football and the way teams operate in a way that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise see. And so he was talking today, the one I was just listening to today when I was cooking supper, was um, – with Daryl Bevel, uh, who is who is now the offensive coordinator, we we know him from you know his days in Seattle, but he's the offensive coordinator down in Jacksonville, and he was talking about no 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 this is a Wisconsin podcast. We know him as a Wisconsin quarterback. I apologize. I apologize. Yeah, proceed. I was, proceed. I was making the offensive coordinator connection there. Uh, <laughs> one of the things he was saying that I thought was really really interesting, and like I legit like one of the last things I listened to on the podcast, and twenty minutes later I see this thing, and it's like. He, Jordan Love does know what a hard count is like that, that is one of those things like my phone is listening to me like they know what I'm doing and so they're putting this stuff is this, like is this the algorithm getting me here but the thing I thought was really interesting is is I can't remember exactly what the question was but Bevel was talking about the difference between basically bringing guys up now you know with, with Trevor Lawrence being in Jacksonville what's the difference between guys like bringing up now and, and versus say when Russell Wilson was in Seattle and one of the things Bevel said was you know, one of the big changes they've seen has been with with a lot of kind of the spread teams and everyone coming doing spread in college and everything. There's a lot of and even you know back to high school and even earlier than that. There's a there's these this core information guys used to come into the league with, uh, and one of those things was was a cadence, uh, something that we kind of take for granted. You know, everyone's got a cadence. How you know to snap the ball, all that. Well, for the most or like getting in a huddle, calling plays in a huddle. He's like, well, a lot of teams are not really doing that. If you're spread or even, you know, some guys, something as simple as taking a snap from under shotgun, which people have talked about quite a bit. So that's a little more well-known, but if there's so much shotgun, there's so much no huddle and it's, but you know, air raid, so much of that stuff is about tempo. A lot of times those guys aren't in the huddle. They're not calling plays. They're not under center. And they're also not doing any cadence. They're not doing any hard count. You'll see a lot. There's a, it was a big thing when um, Kyler Murray came to the league that like it, the, his, his movement to snap the ball is that clap, which is, which is fairly common. Well, <laughs> that's a false start. And so it was like, well, how's he going to do this? Because he kind of stepped towards the line and clap. Well, you can't do that. So how's he going to adjust to this? And so that was one of the things that Bevel was saying is you've got these core concepts that you used to be, okay, this guy comes in. We can get into the con- like conceptually football and what the plays are called and all that because they've got this core knowledge already. Well, a lot of these guys are coming in without that core knowledge now. And so you've got, you know, and Jordan Love was – you know, especially that that last year at Utah State, straight spread system, man. Straight spread, no huddle, tempo system. He's out there. He's he's doing the clap. He's not necessarily doing doing cadence. So I'm not saying that's the case. Again, that that's one of the two things that I'm thinking it could be. But there's a lot of guys coming out of college now that don't have 
the experience doing the cadence and doing the hard count just because of the system they're in, because the system doesn't really ask them to do that. And so it was kind of one of those, again, very fortuitous. That I listened to that when I did, because I was like, oh, and now that's probably what was going on with Jordan Love just because of the system he came from. Uh, but I thought that was thought that was interesting. So the world is not ending uh, because Jordan Love <laughs> does not know what a hard count is, uh, especially, you know, you gauge this through, what you say, Steve? It was from Schefter, from NFL Live, that those was tweeted by PFF. We're already playing a game of, <laughs> of telephone and paraphrasing somewhere in there anyway, so I'm sure the main thing is getting lost in there somewhere. There's a larger conversation, but those are those are my two thoughts onto what potentially it is, and in neither one of those is it the end of the world. And, uh, you know, it, don't, don't get mad at PFF and Schefter, probably, because, you know, who knows what the larger conversation was, but... Oh, God. I mean, honestly, it's going to be amazing because on Saturday in the first preseason game, you're going to hear uh, you're going to hear Jordan Lego green 18 <laughs> and get somebody to jump off and it's going to blow up again. And it's going to be amazing. See, he knows. So, we knew he knew. We knew he knew. Yeah. I told you he knew. You didn't know what you were talking about again, Adam Schefter. God, you're so stupid. Why do you lie all the time? Why do you hate us? Me personally as a human being. Yeah, exactly. It's an impersonal attack that Adam Schefter, PFF, uh, everybody at ESPN, they're all doing it to Packers fans. So Correct. Um, glad, uh, glad we're on board. So I'm going to message Sarah right now. looks like she's going to be able to jump on for a couple of minutes. So uh, send that right to her. But I'm glad that, um, that we are on the same page with Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. And now let's move on to QB1 because, I mean, the way things are proceeding <laughs> with him as an online bully, I mm-hmm. mean, Jordan Love mm-hmm. could be QB1 because I think Aaron Rodgers might get suspended for some of these actions today because uh, I, I I have to imagine anybody listening to this is aware of what's going on. But if you haven't, um, there was some joking back and forth between Matt Schneidman and Aaron Rodgers about Matt Schneidman wearing Crocs and socks uh matt buddy he was actually he was gonna be able to join us today but uh was not able to due to uh some scheduling conflicts and and uh, i think he's probably working with crocs now at this point Mm -hmm. um but you dude you can't you can't wear socks and sandals it's just it just no matter what and you just don't do it don't care if they're crocs you just don't do the socks and sandals but um yeah dusty uh talk to me like Aaron Rodgers is an online bully. He he's going after making fun of quarterbacks, and then and Matt Matt reports that on Twitter to the Packers, and then Aaron doubles down and sends a gift that makes fun of him, uh, <laughs> telling him he's too stupid to insult. Uh-huh. And uh, man, I, I didn't think that there would be articles written about this, but there were freaking articles written about this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. It, you know, and, and Matt, the you know, thing about Matt is he takes himself so seriously. Uh, you know, he, you know, he's wearing the, he's wearing the track suits. He's got the, you know, the, the velvet track suits he wears, uh, to cover, you know, it, he just, he's a very serious guy. You know, we've talked to them before and the way he covers a team, like, you know, very professional guy, but also very serious. No sense of humor about himself whatsoever. And so, yeah, I, I mean, he, like you said, Steve, he was supposed to join us today and then he couldn't face the music. We were going to ask some hard hitting questions. Um, and he just, he couldn't, he said, you know, he made up some excuse, but we all knew what it was. We knew. What it I had to play poker with my yeah, college friends. Yeah, I can't like, okay. yeah. Yeah. No, that, that honestly, the whole thing is just hysterical. Um, cause they had the thing, they, they were clowning him last year about his track suits and they made fun of him for not wearing one. Uh, and so this was, yeah, I, listen, I don't, I don't do Crocs, um, but you don't do Crocs and socks. So I, I'm listen, <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes bullying's okay, Steve. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't mean that. No, the, the whole thing's hilarious. I think it's it's very funny that that anyone uh, took that seriously, uh, because Schneidman was like, when he say like, one of your employees is is uh, is bullying me. This is a real problem. And some people took that seriously because um, I guess they don't know him. So it was, it's ridiculous the things that blow up on this website. Uh, it's very sure. funny. I, I I like that the little that interplay there between uh, between Schneidman and Rogers. That was a lot of fun. No, I got I got a good laugh about it, and I'm I'm very curious as to what it will be next year about what he wears. Um, I don't know, maybe a fedora or something along those lines. We'll, we'll do the fedora. when we have when we have Matt on, he's he has agreed to come on at some point coming up here. Um, we'll we'll maybe do a little test run and see what we come up. Matt do a little, strikes uh, me as like a monocle guy. I feel like I feel like I could see him with a monocle at some point. I mean, there is that one picture of him from the athletic that makes him look like a 19 and 1890s, <laughs> like general, like the set. He's got like the, the yeah. yeah, the big beard, like just a blue button down shirt with nothing on it. But he, like, and it's black and white photo. Mm-hmm. And it, like, yeah, he looks like a 19 and 1890s uh, general. So, I could see the monocle, but I feel like you know, with track suits and Crocs and stuff, like he, he's, you know, he's uh, he's kind of up to date. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I did love all the tracksuit jokes. Like I remember, it was the best ones were the ones with uh, Jason Sudeikis from N- SNL. Uh, that one, that one where he's just dancing, yeah, uh, in the red tracksuit, uh, and then the ones from uh, Rounders. Those were those were uh, two of my favorites. Absolutely. Mine was um, there's there's a Hawkeye comic called My Life Is Weapon. My Life Is Weapon. Uh, that that he's just hanging out with Russians all the time, and those the the Russian mobsters always wear tracksuits that I swear look dead on like the ones Shyman wears. So, um, and I will say just real quick. Aaron Rodgers just looks like he's having a blast. I mean, between that and just he's driving around everywhere with the golf cart, like he just he look, with the off season that was going on. I mean, the fact that he's out here, you know, a couple weeks after he finally showed up to training camp, just clowning on beat guys, and it just like <laughs> just looks like he's having the time of his life. Like it, it, it feels like the season just took a one eighty so so quick and rogers just seems like he's having a blast and we no one was really sure when he showed up what he's going to be like so the fact that he's he's you know making fun of schneidman it seems like he's having a good time but i don't know it's 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 fun it's fun i didn't really expect that after the offseason we had he's driving a little too fast for my liking but you know uh <laughs> you know taking it taking it all on uh taking the golf cart on on main roads like i know he's aaron Rodgers, but come on dude you got to be a little bit careful i got a, a friend a of mine that used to write at the uh, an old website i used to write at he's he's still writing over there and he's from oklahoma and so he they flew in to go to training camp he said he'd been in green bay less than two minutes and aaron Rodgers is flying by him on the street in the golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> sarah's here what's going on hey, dude sarah I'm here. I made it. So I'm at a conference for work. And tonight was the last night when we're recording this. And the awards program was supposed to end at 10. It is 1045. So, but I made it. I'm here. So what's up? (laughs) Uh, Well, let's, uh, you're you're coming into the tail end of it, but uh, let's get your your, uh, reaction to Aaron Rodgers being a bully. Oh, yeah. With Schneidman. I I mean, I, I think that Matt needs to come back on the show because I want to hear his side of the story. Um, you know, we've heard all of these things about Aaron Rodgers, that he stinks and he's a big fat meanie and everything. And now he's bullying our guy, Matt. Like, 
that's our guy. Before, you know, he was barely on the beat. He came on the show and he's always been good to us. So I don't know how I feel about that. You know, I, I, I felt like you know, last week I was kind of in the forgiveness phase with Aaron Rodgers after all of just <laughs> everything that we went through over the summer. And now he's bullying Matt. Like, come on. I know Crocs and socks are a questionable choice, but um, hey. Well, I, okay. What would what would you do if your boyfriend walked out in Crocs and socks? I don't know. Wouldn't I mean, be I, your would, boyfriend I would anymore, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I don't think he owns a pair of Download costumes. Tinder? And... <laughs> no. No, I mean, I would definitely mess with him a little bit, but I don't know at if least I'd we know Sarah. I was going to say, at least we know Sarah's a little bit of a bully. That's no, it. I mm-hmm. just said, I don't think I'd... I'd probably be like, what are you wearing and why? But then he would tell me, and if he's like, they're just comfortable, then I'd say, okay, good for you. I do like Whatever. that Sarah was at an award ceremony at a conference and went 45 minutes late. And it's like, she's out for blood months to fight QB one over this. Like that's all it takes <laughs> just an award ceremony to go a little bit over. And Sarah's just on the warpath. I love it. I love it. I don't want to fight anyone. I just feel bad for Matt. Like there's already people that are always commenting on his tweets that are like, I'm going to unsubscribe from the athletic. Like you're dumb. And then like, they're, they're already mean to him for no reason. And now like there will be people that just blindly follow I know it's all in good fun, but people will be like, oh, Aaron Rodgers hates this guy. So now I need to like DM him and tell him his reporting sucks. Like people will do that. So it, I'm just, I know it's going to happen, but I know it is in good fun too. And I think it honestly goes to show that Matt has a good relationship with Aaron Rodgers because I don't think Rodgers would mess with him if he actually didn't like him. He would just mm-hmm. ignore him. But I feel like they, they get along and they respect each other. So they're able to kind of do that. Yeah, Matt's about to be sponsored by Crocs, so he is doing just fine. <laughs> he is doing absolutely fine. Uh, all right, so, Sarah, you did come in at the tail end of this. We've talked about training camp. We've talked about Jordan Love not knowing what a hard count is, but now we're getting into the fun part. The NFL has come out and said <laughs> that they are going to be cracking down on taunting. Yay! It's what everybody was pining for this offseason. Like, there's too much taunting going on. I don't like it when they have fun and do celebrations. So what was your uh, takeaway from from the fact that we are going back to the no fun league? I I just can't with the NFL sometimes. Like, obviously, I love it. Tigers are my favorite sports team of any team, league, whatever. So naturally, I support the NFL through them. But I just feel like they always make decisions like this where I'm just like, why? Why? Like that, that's not, unless they're really doing something, obviously if they're legit, like doing something that's really inappropriate or, you know, just out of line, I get that. I totally get that. But I I mean, we're going to like take away touchdown dances and things like that, that like that, like, come on, that's fun. We like, we like that. It's funny. Yes. It sucks when it happens against your team, but I, I mean, I, I think if there was a clear definition and they were able to, like, identify exactly what is taunting and what isn't, but they're they're not able to do that. So they're just taking it all away. So it's kind of like you said, it kind of takes the fun out of it. But, I mean, not shocked. It's the NFL at the same time. So, And I say it's about time. It's about <laughs> time someone did something about all these people waving on the field while scoring touchdowns, waving a finger in someone's face from 10 yards away. Is that respectful? I, I say, no, I say it's not respectful. Uh, It's like you've been there before. Yeah, seriously. I mean, the thing that really kind of, that, that gets me about this and it's, it's always like, it's always the things that happen down the road happen two to three years from now. And who knows, you know, sometimes these things, you blow them up in the off season and the season hits and it's like the first two weeks they really hammer in on it. Then after that, like, we don't care. Like we're not going to do anything about this, but it's always these, like any rule to me in, in sports that has any like subjectivity to it. That's not like a straight, you know, line down the middle. That's an issue because then that depends on whatever the, and obviously it's a blanket statement. There are some that I'm sure are fine, but it gives too much agency to the ref to call that. And it could be in a big moment and it depends on the crew and all of that. But maybe by the letter of the law, you know, some guy it's the fourth quarter, it's a big game. He's going in for the 
going in for the game winning touchdown and he gets it and there's you know a minute left or something after he gets it and he kind of does like a half wave but maybe he's like trying to stay in bounds or something well and then it's it's subjective right it's not black and white it's subjective and say well that was taunting and they throw the flag because technically maybe that is a penalty but like you know not to call that like don't call that in these moments so that wasn't that egregious or anything like that well then they kick off you know they get better field position the team goes on like i just feel like with anything that's subjective you it you just open the door for people reading either too much or too little into it and then the then trying to like to put that into place and actually calling them on the field becomes a major issue and a major headache and it's going to happen in a big moment like that's what that's what i hate they're trying to legislate this stuff out of the game and it's dumb anyway but the fact that it's going to have at some point a real impact on a big game I'm already dreading. I'm already dreading that that's going to happen uh, because of all the fallout from that. So I hope it's just a they get through two weeks and I'm like this is dumb. We're not gonna we're gonna enforce this the way we've always has. It's got to be really really bad or we're not gonna touch it. So I I hope that's what ends up happening. And, and it came out saying that if you have uh, two two of them, there can be ejections from the game. There can be suspensions. There can be fines. Like I'm. Uh, I've said this before, and I want the NFL to hire me in the position of DCS, Director of Common Sense, <laughs> where anytime there's a new rule that they want to come around, you bring it to it, like somebody who knows the game as a fan and looks at it as the fan perspective and goes, wow, that's really freaking stupid. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Oh, because because somebody – yeah. It, so they they need that that level of somebody at the NFL that can look at all these things and be like, wow, we're really trying to to make this uh, less fun for everybody. Good job, guys. Really, really good job there. So, and, and I mean, to, just listening to Dusty too, I was thinking like, so when Rogers does a belt, if somebody is right, right by him, is that is that taunting? Right. I mean, probably by the like if Aaron Rodgers waving at somebody is taunting, or Aaron Jones waving at somebody is taunting, then Aaron Rodgers doing the belt right but in proximity to somebody. By the, be- by the letter of the law, that that could be called, yeah. So, yeah, dumb. Just dumb, dumb, dumb. All right, so we got some mailbag questions here. Um, we're going to start with Eric Rose. Which of these players making the proverbial next step uh, from where they were last season – would have the biggest impact on the team uh, success this year. MVS, Barnes, Kiki, or Savage? And then food question. Last week, Sarah and Jason discussed condiments. What counts as a condiment? So, Dusty, it must start with you. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think the easy answer for me, I'm not, I'm not really going to go with, but like, it could be MVS just because, you know, obviously if he takes a huge leap and he becomes – Randy Moss, you know, that's going to make a huge difference. But, you know, I think I think he is who he is. And ultimately, I think his numbers look roughly the same and he helps whether he's doing anything or not. So for me, the answer would be it's King Zukiki. I think he's he's entering, I think, year three here. And I mean, we just talked about this with Slayton. I mean, the questions up and down that defensive line. If Kiki, who has been, you know, kind of, you know, heard some progression, a little progression. He's getting this. He's getting better at that. If Kiki takes a big step up this year and becomes like a reliable guy on that front line there and can win one-on-one matchups, which his defense is going to likely have him do, uh, they're going to have a lot of one-on-one matchups, that that opens up a ton of stuff for, you know, it helps the corners. So say Kevin King or rookie Eric Stokes is starting. That, that helps him. That helps the safeties be more aggressive. That helps the inside linebackers flow to the ball a little better. Like just having a good defensive line, helps out everything. Uh, so I think Kiki taking that next step up, especially with the questions on that line, uh, that that's, that seems like that's the slam dunk for me. And then um, what counts the comment for me, it's anything you put on there. That's not necessarily part of the core food. So we kind of talked about this ahead of time a little bit. Like, so you make an exception for like a cheeseburger because I'm, I'm put the cheese on while the burgers on the grill. Right. And so that's, that's part of it. But anything after that, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm counting that as a condiment, basically like bacon, in that sense would be a condiment. If I'm putting bacon on top of a burger, I'm putting that on after the fact I'm dressing up the burger. What am I dressing that up with? So that's, it's, that's my I, definition I'm, of it. I'm a little, if you say bacon, I'm a little hesitant to say bacon. Yeah. What if I say bacon bit, Steve? That's where I was going to say okay. that there's a, okay. there's a distinction because you could eat bacon as like a meal. Like I know, like it's weird, but somebody could eat <laughs> I, bacon as I a have. meal. Yes, Steve, I have. There, there's nobody who in the world who would ever go, you know what? I'm going to have bacon bits for dinner. Just a just bowl full of bacon. <laughs> just a bowl of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hot dog bowl. 
I don't know if anybody watches Detroiters, but uh, that yes. was one of my yeah. <laughs> it's just a much healthy, uh, unhealthy uh, hot, like bowl of hot dogs. Uh, okay, <laughs> Sarah, <laughs> who would be your next step uh, proverbial player out of that group? Um, so I was, you know, I think any of these could be a great answer, and you could argue for really any of them. Um, in that case, I feel like if Savage really clicks this year i he seems like he's trending in that direction every year that we see more and more um i think that could be really exciting for the packers defense you know obviously jerry alexander is a lock um we know that there's potential with eric stokes if he can develop very quickly then that would be great and then having savage back there as well would be just exceptional then you have guys like adrian amos um, as well, and that really kind of secures that back half, really, of the Packers' defense. So I think if Savage is able to, well, number one, stay healthy, because I know at times he's struggled with injuries, nothing super severe, but he'll miss a game or two or get hurt and leave for part of the game. Um, but if he's able to stay healthy and he's consistent, I think that that could bring a lot to the Packers' defense. Um and then as far as like a condiment, I just can really consider that like anything that adds additional flavor to whatever it is you're eating. So that might be a sandwich and you put mustard on it to like bring more flavor or like it has to be a substance that adds flavor. So like that's just kind of how I view it. I know that's very broad, but um, I'm not sure I would say bacon, even bacon bits, just because for me when I think of a condiment i just think of like substance like mustard ketchup mayo something that's going on there but that's just yeah I, I, I think there's a distinction between toppings and condiments right like that, i think that's the big the i'm big just thing lumping to... them together i just lump I, everything that's together. fair you can you can do whatever you want but i mean there's to me there's a difference between lettuce bacon a fried egg and ketchup mustard mayonnaise that kind of stuff like i think those are your condiments and then those are your toppings to things uh and as far as who would be taking the next step i mean i know everybody wants me to say it into that linebacker because i've been screaming about it for as long as i can scream about it but i think dusty kind of had sold me it's either it to me it's kiki or savage uh, if you can get that that second guy on the defensive line uh in the interior that can do things if it's slayton i mean the even better but uh, somebody who can maintain that right next to Kenny Clark and get some constant either, you know, eating up two, two offensive linemen for a run or, or getting a little pressure on the, on the quarterback. I mean, I think that's, that would be huge for the, that defense to get that extra pressure because it alleviate, it makes savage. It makes the guys on the outside have their, have it a little easier for them. Next question, Tyler at double 21 pack 52. I am going to buy a jersey and not sure who to pick. I'm feeling the O-line needs some love, so it's either Big E or 69. Who would you go with and why is it David? So, Sarah, don't worry. I'm going to handle this one because um, just got to tell everybody, I am, I'm in September. I will be turning 40, and I've kind of decided that I have – I have moved past jerseys. I'm going to be a 40-year-old guy, and I don't really need to be wearing jerseys of, like, 21-year-old kids anymore. Like, that's something I think as a 40-year-old man I'm comfortable moving on from. So I actually am going to be giving away all of my old jerseys. So I've got, like, four or five of them. Um, and, again, this is no – if you want to wear a jersey and you're 40, 50, whatever, that's cool. I'm going to be wearing Packers gear nonstop, but – I'm, I think I'm done with the jersey. So, Tyler, you need to DM me because I actually have a David Bakhtiari jersey that I will send to you. Uh, I've got a couple other ones. I've got uh, Zadarius Smith. I've got Aaron Rodgers. I've got – I think I might have donated the Randall Cobb when he <laughs> when he went away. So, I don't have that anymore. Short-sighted but fool, Steve. I know. Fool. It was shocking. I was an idiot. Um, <laughs> but what we're going to do, you guys can DM me. My DMs are open – since the last uh, debacle, but uh, they're open. So if you know this podcast, Dusty and I have talked about one bourbon that is very overrated. We both have agreed on it, and we've talked about it multiple times. We've been asked it multiple times. So if you can tell me the name of that bourbon, you'll be entered in a uh, a little drawing for, for, uh, for a free jersey. So 
Hopefully I get like three people that know the answer to that. I think that would be a success in my mind and I will give away some jerseys uh, for free. So, and I promise to wash them beforehand. <laughs> All right. Next question. We have Sparktacular. Okay. If Jordan uh, Love looks very mediocre this season, will Goody stay the course by trading Rodgers and starting Love in 2022, trade Love and try to woo Rodgers with a new deal, trade Rodgers, start Love, and sign a veteran quarterback for a backup, or go nuclear, trade Rodgers and Love, and draft a first-rounder? Sarah, what are you thinking? What's uh, If Jordan Love is not looking great this season, which I'm a little confused about, which uh, like we're not going to see yeah. too much of Jordan Love, but I get, the, I get the premise of it. Let's say he's not looking great in preseason. I think they're going to stay the course. They seem like they have a plan and that they trust in him and his development. Um, so I would say that they're either going to stay the course, you know, trade Rodgers and start love in 2022, or they trade Rodgers, start love, and they sign a veteran QB for backup. I mean, we kind of saw that was in action already this year um, when Aaron Rodgers was a big question mark that they just said, okay, yeah, Love's probably going to be the guy, but let's sign Bortles, you know, just in case. So I would say one or the two, you know, I'd love Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback forever, but who knows what kind of season he has this year. Who knows if the relationship improves in any way. It really does seem like after this year, unless something, you know, significantly changes, he's gone. So, you know, I'm not sure even if, Love looks mediocre this season and Rodgers has a great year, like they might not have a choice. Like if Aaron Rodgers wants to leave and wants to be traded, it seems like they've kind of agreed that that will be the case next year. So yes, they they will probably trade Rodgers, but I don't know if they're going to be very happy about it. That's just going to be the way it goes, in my opinion. Yeah, there's there. I mean, Sarah touched on all this. There's so many factors involved here. Like it's, I, I don't think we talked about it yet, but I think it was just just today or I guess yesterday that was announced. Especially even this first preseason game, uh, you know, Love is going to take the majority of the snaps. I, I think they're saying they're not going to see Benkert until probably quarter four. Uh, and so, yeah, you get. I mean, okay, so for us, we're going to see Love in the preseason. For the staff, they're going to see him way more than that. And so, you know, if it's kind of one of those, does he look mediocre in preseason? To us, it's his first preseason. Who knows how he's going to look? But how does he look in the building? How does Aaron Rodgers play this year? What's that, like Sarah said, what's that relationship like? They've talked about this. They they reassess after the season and they see what they end up, which direction they want to end up going. If Rodgers, you know, wins another MVP or plays at MVP level and they feel like in the building, Love is not playing that well, well, then they assess, okay, how much longer does Rodgers want to be here? much longer can we do this can we trade love you know and rogers keeps here or if rogers they start seeing maybe a little bit of a decline and love comes up he looked bad in the preseason like there's so many factors in here we don't really know i mean my my gut feeling now i think i'm kind of with sarah is i think regardless of what happens i do feel like love is probably gonna end up being the guy and, and part of that might be because aaron Rodgers just like I did my year, you know, maybe they win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, that'd be nice. Uh, and Rogers like, I've, d- I've done my year. I still don't feel like the changes that have happened with the front office are, are what I'd like. I don't want to play here anymore. Uh, so it could be love looks mediocre and Rogers forces their hand anyway. Like that, that's a distinct possibility. So my feeling now, just based on, you know, this off season was super long. I, whatever problems, long lingering problems, I have a feeling are not going to be fixed in one season. So my gut feeling now is, however, love could look terrible. I just, I still don't feel like Rogers here next year. And that, that, in that case, it's a, either you start love or you see what you can get for love and see if you can get a first round quarterback, but you're not trading up anymore in the first round. You know, I assume the Packers are going to do well this year. So they're going to be, you know, drafting late twenties, maybe 32, hopefully 32, there's not going to be like a first round caliber quarterback ready for them there. And love would not have the draft capital to move up to get one of the guys in the top 15 there. So I don't know. There's a thousand things that go into this, but right now I feel like Rod, this is, I still feel like this is Rogers last year, regardless of how love looks. And I'll go, uh, I'll go full team chaos and just go, go the nuclear level and trade them, <laughs> trade them both. And Dusty and I were talking about joking a little bit before. And like, well, if you're going to trade both of them, I might, might as well go full on nuclear, like trade Devonte, like franchise tag Devonte Adams and then trade him. 
trade David Bakhtiari mm-hmm. because you can move Elton Jenkins out to left tackle mm-hmm. and you can find guards. That's no problem. Aaron Jones, get rid of him after the year, trade him. I mean, he's only got, probably got one year more guaranteed on that deal, trade him. And then all of a sudden you've got like six or seven first round picks yeah. and your, your, your full nuclear rebuild is, is moving along really quickly. And um, I mean, that's clearly the way to go. And, and Packers Twitter would handle that unbelievably well. So, I mean, obviously that's, that's, that's the answer if he doesn't play well in the preseason. So next up, Matt Pickett, who has been your biggest surprise in training camp so far? And given what we've seen, who are you most excited about and what fall season food are you most excited about? So Sarah, who's been uh, your training camp crush basically this year? I don't know, Aaron Rodgers golf cart. Like that's, (laughs) that's That's fair. That's that's good. I mean, Honestly, like I've I've been following closely and just kind of seen and I, without being there, it's hard to say like this is the person that I'm I'm in love with. Like I just see what people post and you know, multiple people say this person looks good or another says this. Some aren't too surprising. So I don't know. I don't really have one, I guess. I'll just co- do a cop out answer and say fair. Aaron Rodgers golf cart cuz that has been one of my favorite parts of training camp so far. And given what I've seen who are you most excited about? Well, just kind of what I've seen, um, and we've talked about it a hundred times between Dusty and I, but it just seems like Amari Rogers is really going to hit this year, and I'm really excited about that. Like, you know, that wasn't necessarily a surprise, like seeing some of the things coming out of training camp. Um, so I couldn't, you know, classify him for the first answer, but definitely someone that I'm excited about. I'm excited to even just see him in preseason games and, like, what's going to happen there and kind of the creativity and what they might tease. Um, so I'm excited about him. And then what fall season food am I most excited for? Uh, pumpkin muffins. So yes. uh, at Publix, they have muffins year round. I'm shocked. I'm shocked you're on right, Publix well, for those. They, they, have, <laughs> they have muffins year round and like, you know, there's apple. I like, get it. I'm just giving you crap. I'm like, giving- I know, but I'm just saying they release during the fall these pumpkin flavored ones and one of my good friends and i like we the, whenever one of us sees it first we always like text and we're like they're back they're back <laughs> like and we we just know and then it's like every morning for breakfast for a good three and a half months that's all i have because it's just like super easy and good and quick and yeah so pumpkin muffins definitely mm-hmm. top of the list i go for my training game guy not really a surprise but i mean both surprised and excited about just because it's just going to be amari rogers because of course it's amari rogers today and they ran a package with amari rogers and aj dillon in the backfield and aj dillon went out for a route and they handed off to amari rogers and that was like my favorite thing i read all week <laughs> uh so yeah i'm 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 not going to talk about it again because i've talked about him way way too much but i'm i'm really excited about amari rogers and this offense specifically so that's mine and then fall season food uh you know beer isn't technically a food but uh first i'll go beer because fall beer is my favorite beer um it should shock no one that i'm a big fall guy with uh you know with, with halloween and spooky season and all that stuff so uh like Oktoberfest and pumpkin beers man just it's the best time of the year for beer but then for food i love man i love making uh, like cinnamon apples baked cinnamon apples you core them out, you slice them up, just an ungodly butter, ungodly amount of butter, man. And the house smells amazing for like three days because you just cooked, uh, you just baked some some cinnamon apples. So it's not, you know, more of a snack than like a meal, but man, I love some cinnamon apples. Yeah, it's August and I saw pumpkin beer out already. And uh, I was I here. They're not, they don't distribute here anymore, I don't think. It's, it's very Ooh. frustrating to me, Steve. Well, if you do end up here for the home opener, you'll have to get some of that, some Elijah Craig Barrel Proof that's yes, still sir. around. Um, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'll, I'll make like a, a goodie package for you if you do <laughs> end it up. Dusty <laughs> will just stop by my house, pick up the, like this box of just goods, and then just leave. Like, I got to I gotta make it for kickoff. I got to make it for kickoff. It's okay. Um, but, yeah, I would say, I mean, for me – surprise excitement for a player is is Slayton like I, I talked about him on the day they drafted him and it's still if if that big of a man that can that's that athletic can learn some things from Kenny Clark like I said earlier that's just that's a huge win for the defensive line in the fifth round like somebody who can contribute at the defensive line in the fifth round you don't get that too often so I think that's if he can continue doing what he's doing that's a big win for the Packers so I'll do that. And then fall food, I'm I'm torn between A, I, I immediately, as soon as Matt tweeted this at us, I went to the Homer Simpson gif with the hat that says time for chili, and he's just pointing <laughs> at his hat. 
Uh, I mean, and as soon as it's like brisk enough in the air, I will be making chili. And uh, that's that's like my go to for Packers games. And then also is apple cider donuts, which are like you get them fresh from the orchard. And there's one that's about a half a mile from my house and I can get them back to the house on Sunday mornings and they are still warm. And oh, my God, they're amazing. So good. So good. So. Last question, we've got Dawn, uh, who apparently talked with Sarah and Jason last week about condiments and hot dogs and all this kind of stuff. So she actually sent one to us and wanted to know how we felt about this bacon beach dog, which apparently cost $10 where Dawn lives. I'm not sure where Dawn lives, but uh, it is a quarter pound Hebrew national beef hot dog, caramelized onions, bell peppers, crispy bacon bits, cilantro crema, shredded sharp cheddar cheese, and on a classic white bun. And she wants to know how we feel about that hot dog. Sarah, what do you think? Honestly, that sounds pretty good. So, And last week, Dawn sent a question that said, can you trust people that don't like condiments? Um, And we said no, because we can't imagine eating a hot dog or something without a condiment. So... She just gave us, you know, a hot dog to prove her point. So I, I respect that that hustle, and I would eat that hot dog. It sounds very good. So to be fair, right before the question about what do you think of this hot dog, it says here's how you eat a hot dog without condiments. So she apparently believes that there are no condiments on that hot dog. Like so, that goes back to the toppings versus condiments right. thing. And to me, to me, there are I would say condiments the, on there, but also like so, the sil- cilantro crema. I would say that's a condiment. That's a condiment. Yeah. yeah, I would say shredded sharp cheddar cheese is a condiment. No, because that's a you're, topping. You're add, no, you're adding that after the fact. You're not putting sharp like shredded cheese on that's a hot a, dog it's while the it's, topping versus while it's, uh, while it's cooking, which is what you do with a cheeseburger. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I consider yeah. it condiments because potato, I have a very potato. liberal definition. All right, Dusty, would you eat that hot dog? Man, I eat it now. It from me. I, I want that now. Uh, and my only issue with it is onions. I'm not an onion person, and even if they're caramelized, it's still that's still a, a no for me. So I'd, if I if I can pull those off of them, then yeah, hell yeah, I'd eat that in a heartbeat. So, well, good. Uh, that that's gonna wrap it up for us, Sarah. I'm glad you were able to join the tail end of it. Uh, did you win any awards? No, so I, I my firm won a few, which was exciting, okay. but I actually didn't submit any this year. Um, I just didn't have any projects I, one, thought were relevant to what some of the entries were. Okay. Um, but I did have um, one project that I was kind of a part of that um, someone on our team took the lead on and that one and our firm won a couple others. So it was exciting. I, I enjoyed just cheering everyone on. So it was fun. All right, well, uh, that wraps everything up. Let's let's do some closing thoughts. Uh, Dusty, what do you got? You got some articles coming out for us? I've got one, man. I got so it's the last one of the season here, um, last one of the off season, I guess, before the regular season, the the preseason starts here. So today, over on Cheesehead TV, I'm you know kind of went through this this series. I'm kind of squeezing at the last minute of passing concepts from the Packers last year. I'm looking at their middle read concept and then their middle read dagger kind of variation off of that core concept there. So kind of getting to that, which is I believe the dagger one was one of, was like their most used passing concept in 2020. So uh, I I try to dive into it a little bit give a little bit in terms of you know what it means how that looks why you use it and kind of how it ties back to some older concepts as well so really fun uh i thought it was a really fun article i really liked ending on this one i was hoping to squeeze a couple more in and just you know being off for a week kind of kind of screwed me there but yes this is i mean the sad thing is this is my last offseason article because it's been such a fun offseason but the good news is that we've got a preseason game on saturday i believe that uh so that's what i'll be writing about you know preseason and then regular season after that so it's it's pretty exciting. So, yeah, that'll be uh, today at 4 o'clock over on She Said. All right, Sarah, what about you? Closing thoughts? Yeah, so year four with Cheesehead TV begins on Saturday uh, for me. So preseason, um, I will be covering all the games and writing a game recap of the preseason games, just like I do during the regular season. Uh, so definitely be on the lookout for that after the game. I'm really excited to watch, excited to get back into writing Definitely needed the break and enjoyed the break, but it's it's exciting that we're here and now I can start writing about football again. So, um, you know, as always, I'll be looking for interactions on Twitter that I can include in the story. So 
keep an hopefully, eye out on. Hopefully LaFleur will use AJ Dillon at the goal line this year and I won't need to tweet at you every single game. Yes. So that too, um, <laughs> of course, and um, just excited. So be on the lookout for that on uh, Saturday and then, you know, the following two Saturdays and then every Sunday pretty much with an occasional Monday and Thursday. So <laughs> I'm excited for my fourth year. I can't believe it's already been that long already that's crazy very cool and uh yeah i'm i got nothing 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 crazy going on go get the vaccine please if if at all if you haven't gotten it yet and um yeah keep being safe keep being healthy we will talk to you next week and as always go pack go